Welcome to Season with Salt, the podcast. My name is Dominique Beaumonte, and I am your host. In this episode, we're going to talk about three reasons why church folks need to go back to church. I was reluctant to go back to church. I think um, there are a couple of reasons. I think the first reason is I was very comfortable with watching church from wherever I wanted to watch it from, right? Sometimes I'd be out of town. Sometimes I'd be in town. Sometimes I would just be wanting to stay in the bed. Sometimes I want to be laying on the beach. I don't know where I wanted to be, but I knew that I wanted to be able to experience church virtually. And then I also realized that when church is virtual, the liberties that people take with your time uh, are a little less uh, prominent, right? Like people are not taking advantage of your time in a negative way as perhaps they would in church. So I was really enthusiastic and I got really used to it. And then when it was time to go back to church, I realized how much I missed the people. Um, as a preacher, like there's a lot of experiences that you, it's 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 one thing to be you know preaching and then going back and watching it and being able to like look at the comments and see how people responded or maybe somebody texts you or calls you to say that they enjoy what you had to say. There's nothing like being able to impact people in person and talk to them and encourage them uh, and to hear firsthand like how they interpreted your service to the Lord. And so I'm really happy to be back in church. And I also realized that there are individuals whose mindset reflects the mindset that I had before I really rejoined. Like what is, what are rather the benefits of returning to church? Like what do I gain from going back to the actual building when all of the things that I can access virtually um, are you know, pretty much the same as what would happen if I was in the four walls of a church. And I just thought that it would be good to walk you through the three primary things that the Lord has been really dealing with me on with regard to how I might communicate to individuals the really the power of being in fellowship in the same place, in the same mind, the same building with other people. I do want to caution that you should take this um, podcast episode like in stride and you should consider it within your own context. If your church is not in session, I am in no way saying that since your church is not meeting, you should go to somebody else's church. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that however, in your context, whatever it means to go to church, you should be doing that wholeheartedly uh, and with great enthusiasm until the time when it means something else. So I thought that I would share three reasons why 
we should go to church. The first reason that I think is really important for us to grapple with and think about and converse amongst our groups of friends and fellow parishioners is that as Christians, we're in a battle with Satan over the mind. And whether we know it or not, church equips us for that battle. And when I talk about church, now, first of all, let me just back up and say that some people will say, well, the church is not the building. It's not the four walls of the building. It is the, 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 the we are the church. We're the, and that is true. Um, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, we are representation of the church. We are indeed. I'm not talking about that necessarily today. What I'm talking about is the, the, the fellowship with other Christians, particularly outside of your home. Um, I hear people saying often that the idea of church being um, within the four walls of a building is a new age thing that we came up with, you know, within the last 100 years. That is not true. Um, the, the institution of church as we know it um, was birthed in a house, in, in the four walls, with people that were not necessarily residents of that home. Right. And so we're talking about collective or shared spaces. And really to have a conversation around church, we've got to understand, you know, ancient um, residential living for which we do not have time for in this podcast. But let me just say that meeting in a building or in a place of worship is not a new age contemporary thing that somebody made up to control you. It is not. Now, it might manifest as such depending on your context, and that I'm, I'm willing to admit that that does often happen. But the church, from my perspective, is really a public declaration of God's power. And I believe that through the church, um, Christian fellowship is manifested. Um, we experience the teaching of God's word and we are given the opportunity to share in corporate worship. And if we, if, if we disengage from what church is, right, because of our temporary status for which we um, experience and thought like, oh, this is a better way, then we are essentially disengaging from God's intention for the church. Yes, we are the church as a being, but the power of the church is in our collective identity, not in our collective identity in a chat space on a social media platform, but our collective identity when we bring our minds, our hearts, and our spirits into one place. Consider uh, from the Passion Translation, I'm going to read Hebrews, the 10th chapter, uh, the 24th through the 25th verse, which kind of overviews what I'm saying. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expression of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day of dawning. So in other words, 
what this scripture, the writer of Hebrews, the writer unknown, is communicating is that Christian fellowship is a synergistic point where when we gather, we encourage each other, we identify a game plan from evangelism and discipleship, and then we're able to share in corporate worship. In this particular time for which the scripture was written, there was a, a, a mindset that gathering wasn't valuable. And maybe that was because people were uncomfortable with going to other folks' homes, but that wasn't a new uh, quality even in that time because um, Jews for in this particular time, they had become accustomed to um, regular trips to um, particular feasts and activities that were related to re their religious identity. In addition to that, if you wanted to learn about God and the law of Moses, you went to the synagogue where there was always teaching and sharing and and, and, and fellowship between brothers and sisters. And so the scripture encourages us to remember that because we're in a battle with Satan over the mind, it's really important that we protect ourselves in this battle through Christian fellowship. You can definitely fellowship with your brother and sister virtually, but when the opportunity comes to do so in other ways, we're encouraged to participate in doing that. And so we war with Satan um, and we war with Satan against our mind and the attack of our mind by sharpening ourselves together. And the scripture tells us that a strand of two cords is stronger than a strand of one cord, right? And the Bible says that it's not easily broken. And so we strengthen each other. We strengthen the resolve of our brother and our sister when we gather together in worship. And it's not something that necessarily we can do all the time in virtual spaces. Now, we might be required to do it in virtual spaces because of what the law um, communicates that is necessary for that particular time. But when we're able to gather together in person, we should take that opportunity to do so as the scripture communicates to us that we should forsake not the assembling of ourselves. And so we're in a war with Satan and we protect ourselves against a war with Satan through Christian fellowship, through the edification of God's word when we come together as one. Number two, the church is a beacon of light for believers because we experience the formation of our faith. The physical church is still the anchor for community evangelism and community discipleship. You can say what you want, but if somebody needs help, if they are in need of God's power manifested through their life, they may not know how to get in touch with you. But they do know that they can go to a church building. If they see cars in a parking lot, they can go and experience God's love through a church building. And it's not really the church building that does the loving, it's those who occupy it. And so your church, wherever it might be situated, wherever it might be physically located, is a beacon of hope in a community. And it needs you, our hands, our heart, our talent, our treasure, in order to continue the work for which the building represents. I'm reminded of Romans. Uh, the 10th chapter, the 13th through the 15th verse, I'm going to read that in the NASB version. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's everyone. How then are they to call on him if they have not believed? Well, how do they believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of 
of good things. That's according to Romans, again, the 10th chapter, the 13th through the 15th verse. This scripture communicates that we need as believers to strengthen our faith and our formation of faith through hearing a preacher, through being exposed to God's word, however that is. Now listen, if you have chosen the church that you believe God has led you to, you are a a bona fide member there, you believe that God speaks to the spiritual leader, through the spiritual leader provides edification and spiritual growth and development for you, why is it that when things become uncomfortable, Uh, unconvenient for us or inconvenient for us, then we begin to lean to our own understanding. So if your pastor, your spiritual leader is committed to your growth and development at any other time, why not this very critical time? Remember the last uh, uh, a few words of the scripture that we read in Hebrew 10 and 25, that we should be eager to encourage and urge one another onward as we anticipate the day dawning, as we anticipate the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we must rest on the idea that um, people are more equipped, protected, and valued when they pursue community. And that is the work of Christian fellowship, to create community. And so we should be not just pursuing God, we should be pursuing God through Christian fellowship and the development of community. And this development of community entails evangelism and discipleship. Those are things that Christ holds us accountable for. No wonder the word of the Lord says, do the work of an evangelist, because we are called to love our brothers enough to draw them, to claim them to Christ, and to be their brothers and sisters in Christ, helping and aiding in the development of their Christian journey. And so the church is a beacon of life for believers because we experience the formation of our faith. The physical church is still an anchor for community evangelism and discipleship. Finally, staying close to the shepherd protects you from things that you cannot see. Let me say that again. Staying close to the shepherd protects you from things that you cannot see. The shepherd's strength, if you think about it in the natural, is based on the terrain for which he shepherds or she shepherds. If the shepherd's uh, work is on a rolling hill, then he learns to manage the sheep in a different way than a shepherd whose work requires him to deal in a flat terrain. What am I saying? That God equips specifically our shepherd. He feeds and breathes into him or her his word so that they might be able to articulate to us the very things that we need as they work to protect us under God's direction and tutelage. That means that there is some pastoring, some shepherding that is inadequate for my spiritual growth and development if I am depending on the TV evangelist, if I am depending on the plethora of Christian experiences that I can have when I log into my Facebook on Sunday morning. I have to believe that my shepherd is called to preach and to teach and to minister specifically to my needs as I pray for my spiritual 
leader. So staying close to the shepherd protects you from the things that you cannot see. The shepherd's covering and protection is completely related to the proximity, uh, the, the, the sheep rather, their protection and, and their covering is completely related to their proximity to the shepherd. And so the farther away that the sheep gets from the shepherd, the more likely it is that they are living unprotected. Therefore, it makes sense for that sheep that wishes to be protected to find themselves as close to the shepherd as possible. Now, that means that it requires the sheep to be in alignment and obedience with the shepherd. It requires the sheep not to just be in the same mindset of the shepherd, but also to trust in the shepherd's ability to lead and then to stay close. And so the sheep's covering is unequivocally related to his or her ability to stay close to the shepherd. And so those are the things that I think, those are the reasons why I believe that we should not be reluctant to reinvest and involve ourselves in Christian practice when it comes to meeting and gathering. And we also must realize that when the, the, the physical church closed, when the physical church closed, and we had to insert ourselves into other domains that Satan was previously occupying, Hear me closely. We had to enter ourselves into domains that Satan was previously occupying. I know that we think that, oh, well, you know, we come to take the the the, the stratosphere and, 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 and the internet world by storm. No, Satan is still busy in those domains. He is the prince and the power of air. He is still managing in those domains and his work has not stopped. So the same places where people are experiencing church, they're also being exposed to pornography and, and child pornography and, 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 and all of the things that you can think of that Satan is working to, to use as a tool to take advantage of the mind, the heart, and the spirit of a believer. And so we must not be careful to, and it's not that um, Satan has no domain in the physical church. I'm not at all saying that Satan has no control or that Satan is not moving in the physical building in the physical church. But the difference is, is that the shepherd is there. The shepherd is there. And so when we stay in close proximity with the shepherd, we, um, the Lord is using the shepherd to protect us from what Satan is doing in that particular domain. And so we must be careful not to uh, um, uh, 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 block our own blessings from what God is doing. Listen, I'm going to close with this, with this little story. Um, when I was little, um, I was a picky eater. And I knew myself as a picky eater, but I also grew up in a black family where being a picky eater was not necessarily a choice. And so I hear people say, oh, my daughter's a picky eater. That is a new age thing because in the home that I grew up in, being a picky eater was not an option. However, I was a picky eater, and there was a lot of things that I did not eat, and so that created some struggle for me. Sometimes I would be excused from the table because the things that were being offered to eat 
they were inadequate for me. But also as a young person without a car, without a vehicle, without um, the ability to cook and create my own food without the permission to do so, me uh, turning away food meant that I would be going to bed hungry, which meant that I would often have headaches. So my depriving myself of the nutrients and the food that was available to me was actually a detriment to myself. And I had no idea until I got older and I realized that there were times when I would be doing that to myself as an adult. I'm saying that to say that sometimes we, when we um, decide that we are not going to avail ourselves for Christian fellowship, when we're not going to be fed through God's word, through our shepherd, our pastor, our spiritual leader, through the edification of other believers, when we deprive ourselves from that great food, what we are doing is a disservice to ourselves because we are going to go to bed hungry. And the more that you go to bed hungry, the more it has an impact on your physical being. The same is true for your spiritual being. The more that you deny yourself the spiritual food of the word, the spiritual food that comes as a result of Christian fellowship with other believers, the more it impacts your physical and your spiritual man. And so the question that I pose to you today as I'm closing this podcast episode is, what have you not been exposing yourself to that has a direct impact on your spiritual growth and development? Now, I hear a lot of people requesting prayer. Pray for me for this. Keep me in your prayers for this. Keep my son or my daughter, my sister or my brother in your prayers. The, the list of things that folks are asking God to bless their friends and their family with is vast. But then I often think about that person who is making that request. They have the expectation that somebody who is diligent and fervent in prayer and Christian fellowship and connection with brothers and sisters and being fed by the word, they expect for that person to pray and to ask God to do something on their behalf when they are not making the same level of contribution to Christian fellowship and to God's word. And so what we must do is we must get away from a season of life where all of our actions were, were, were connected to what somebody else said that we should be doing and what was convenient for us. Listen, my brothers and sisters, going to church, Christian fellowship, being fed by God's word is not always going to feel convenient to us. It's going to be sometimes things that we have to do in order to protect ourselves. I'm sure that the sheep wanted to graze out far into land. I'm sure there were some sheep that identified like I do as introverts and wanted to just be alone. I'm sure that there were times when there was greener grass to chew and munch on farther away. But that sheep had to realize that their protection, their covering, only was in place when they obeyed the, the, the mandate, the leading of the shepherd. And I want to say to you that are listening, and maybe this doesn't apply to you necessarily, maybe there's somebody else that this applies to in your life, send this podcast episode to them to encourage them. But even sometimes we don't see what we are in a deficit of, or sometimes we feel like something is not the way that it should be and we don't know what to do. 
And the answer oftentimes is, is, is really nestled in our exposure, right, to what God is doing in the earth through his word. And so the more you manage your time away from God, the more you are connected to him, the more you understand the time and the day that we're living in. And God is saying, get closer to me, get closer to me. And getting closer to me means making a sacrifice. It means fighting your discomfort. It means getting outside of convenient environments to seek and pursue me if you want me. And so, saints of God, whatever this means in your context, let's go back to church. Thank you.